0: Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally. Aaron Novello.
1: Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. I have with us the pride and joy of Chicago, $115 million a year producer, Mr. Lee Marcus. I appreciate you being here with us, Lee. Always great to see you, Aaron. Great to talk to you. Always a pleasure, brother. And I appreciate you taking the time. You know, I I really do my best to hand select people to be um, on this platform that I feel can really add value. Uh, to those that are listening, and I know that uh, people are going to definitely get value from our time together. So, you know, when I think about you, Lee, I think about a few things. One of them is just a world-class Olympic-level gold medal salesperson. And, um, you know, I'm aware that uh, you're a workhorse, right? I mean, you're just kind of doing particular activities on a regular basis. Consistency uh, and discipline are words that I think about when I think about you. And... You know, I was thinking about this in preparation for us connecting that I think a lot of agents, uh, particularly newer agents, have a hard time in this business because they don't recognize what business it actually is, which is a sales business. And you had kind of this very distinct, in my opinion, competitive advantage of being involved in a real sales job, a corporate level sales job prior to getting into real estate. So if you could just kind of briefly share with the audience what that experience was like for you and what you learned and how that actually helped you in being able to, you know, make a very smooth and profitable transition into selling real estate. Sure.
0: So, uh, great, great question, Aaron. So my, uh, my first job actually out of college was in technical support for IBM, right? So I had a headset on for eight hours a day, you know, sh- troubleshooting people's problems with their computers and everything. And so they and IBM tracks your all of your for all of your results, right? They track how many calls you were on, how long you were talking, that all that stuff. And so, f- right from the get go, I think I had developed the habit of just having a headset on for you know a full day's work and you know, pretty much talking to people all day long. So, that was my first job. <clears throat> and then, when I moved into sales uh, with them and then with another uh, technology company you know i just continued that where they they tra- you know all all these big companies they track and and each day would send out the results so we'd all be on a team and they would send out who had the most number of dials that day talk time that day sales all of that and so you know you're competing with everybody in your on your team every single day and so you know you, you develop that so like i looked at what the minimum standards wa- were and they came up with the minimum standards that you had to have four hours of talk time. That's like not just four hours sitting there. That's actual talking. They don't like, it's not just dialing. It's actually talking physically on the phone, right? So four hours, not of actual talk time and 80, 80 contacts a day, okay? Yeah. And so every, And so what, when I took that as the minimum standard, what I did was I said, okay, well, if that's, you know, you think about what the average person at the company made based on four hours, money-wise, four hours a day, and 80, 80 dials or 80 contacts. Well, what if I did six hours a day and 120 contacts? So I kind of made that my minimum standard, right? So you just kind of leveled up, you know, went, went 150% above what anyone else was doing. And then, you know, that really, you really, it's, you don't just get 50% better results. See, that's the, that's the whole thing about this business is if you do 50% more, you get 10 times the results right? It's, 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 um, it's not linear like that. It's exponential, the results are. And so very quickly, I became you know one of the top salespeople at the company. And then you get more, you get new accounts, you get more. And so you just keep, you know, you keep growing like that. And so <clears throat> similar to in real estate. So I just leveled up what my minimum standards were versus the company's.
1: It's so interesting, man. So I, I wrote down, I was feverishly writing down stuff as you were talking. So um, in that corporate sales environment, You noticed a few things. One is that they track everything that you did, right? They track phone calls, they track talk time, and um, you know you were getting those kind of direct feedback of those results every single day. And you recognize that as a salesperson, like that was your kind of exposure to sales. Is this is what you do in sales, right? You have to be on the phone. The minimum standard at a corporate level is four hours a day, 80 contacts. And not only that, they're monitoring to the minute, right? Like what you're doing and how you're doing it. And you recognize like, okay, this is a formula. And if I just simply, you know, perhaps tweak the formula and I spend more time on the phone and increase my contacts, then that should equate to more business. And one of the things I I saw you write down, which is totally true in my experience, is this idea that if you put 50% more, you can actually get 150% more in results. It's not linear, it's exponential. And then you started to see that happen, right? You quickly rose to the ranks in, in that uh, particular sales job at IBM. So I guess I'm wondering, that seemed to be going really well. So what prompted you to say, like, okay, I want to do something different? Like, I want to sell another type of product.
0: So I had been at uh, another technology company after that for about three years doing well. And I realized if I didn't leave, At that point, I would probably not leave for a long time because you start to, you know, it just keeps growing. And if you're not, you know, I'd rather be at the bottom of the right ladder than the top of the ladder. I don't want to be climbing. Right. And so I realized I was going to be at at a desk for the rest of my life, you know, with that. And, and um, which is, it just, I didn't see that as the path I wanted to take. And so I took after that, after about three years, I took a different outside sales job in technology, you know, to, to go to pursue a different, you know, a different type of sales.
1: Okay, cool. So that's interesting to me because I'm aware that uh, in what we do, I mean, you are at a desk, I mean, you see people, right. Uh, We're kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, perhaps we see them virtually now or in person, you know, things of that nature. But I'm aware you get compensated uh, much more handsomely. Correct.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can, at that time, it was like, you you know, you're just sitting at this desk and and it's just, it was just inside sales. And I was seeing like, oh, well, maybe I I really, if I want to grow my skill set, I better learn outside sales too. And so that's why I realized if I just stayed at that job, I would never have any outside sales experience. I understand. So
1: so that's really interesting where um, it was more so like uh, getting yourself more well-rounded in sales. So you did the inside sales and now kind of going into outside sales. So you can become more well-rounded as a salesperson and then what was it for you that caused you to say like okay now i want to sell something else
0: and then uh, my wife Lindsay had been in real estate for a couple of years at the time and i saw her she was doing well and i realized like okay you know this looks like I think it thinks was in 2006 ish you know the market doing really well at the time and realized okay well now again where do i want to go and i actually uh, made a pros and cons list of like okay if i leave and go to real estate, what's the pros and the cons, and, and, you know, wrote them out and decided, okay, we're going to do this. And so I did it, got my license, and I still had my uh, technology sales job. And then I did an open house with her one one weekend. She picked up like a million-dollar buyer, sold them a place, and by the, that week, I just handed in my, my resignation to my current company. I'm like, this is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, you saw what was possible, and you're like, hey, man, I'm going to apply mm-hmm. this skill set over here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's terrific. So, and then I'm wondering, so, so here you are this like uh, very kind of seasoned salesperson uh, you understand both inside sales and outside sales and you get into a business, which we both know uh, for some reason, people don't perceive to be a sales job. So what yeah. was that like for you? Like when you kind of, you know, planted yourself into this new environment was it interesting to you that a lot of people didn't understand those kind of core tenets, like, OK, certain amount of contacts a day, certain amount of time on the phone, like that sort of thing?
0: Yes, it was really interesting. So I gravitated towards at that time um, I had joined Keller Williams, you know, who, which had the maps coaching. And then I, um, you and I, where we met originally with through Mike Ferry, who was a big you know, impact on both of our lives. And really gravitated towards exactly what he was saying, which was exactly what I had learned in the previous years, which is that, you know, contacts equals contracts. And that if, you know, there is no, here's how, you know, you talk about predictable, predictable and duplicatable. And a lot of, look, yes, you can do four to six open houses a weekend if you wanted to, but is that predictable and duplicatable? And is that the way you want to live your life? Yeah, 100%. So figuring out a way that, like, you know, there's all these different ways to grow your business, Yes, yeah, somebody gets lucky and they do amazing with YouTube and Instagram and all that but like how predictable and duplicatable is that compared to what really works as the basics and you know if and and the whole system works
1: yeah. So, and that's interesting. So, upon hearing kind of that message, like you knew instantaneously that it was true because you had experienced that in the corporate world. And that's, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I'm trying to, you know, I'm
0: guessing the reason that, that it was never really taught in real estate, although I probably was at one point, starting so the 70s and 80s, was that it's kind of what people don't want to hear. So, if you're, if you want to grow your, your real estate company to 100 people, if you start telling people they have to pick up the phone and they got to do this and that, you're probably not going to recruit too many people you know, you're telling them what they don't want to hear. But if you tell them, Hey, you just got to do these easy things. Wow. You're going to get a lot of unproductive agents, but they're going to follow you. So I think that's why people don't realize what it takes is because nobody's really telling them.
1: Yeah. I think that's
0: very or, true. Or what they're telling them will make them a certain amount of income, which then people thinks is a good or, an, or the max income you
1: can make. Correct. So it's a combination of things. It's one, um, that message, you know, in the Bible, it says we prefer to be lied to than to be told the truth. And I think that that's very accurate. Right. Um, And so that message might not be super palatable, because you got to like roll up your sleeves and work and like, you know, put in the time. People say to me regularly, they're like, hey, it must be nice. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, well, I've been working 70, 80 hours a week for like, you know, 13 years and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of my own money and time, energy and effort and kind of self-development and growth and things of that nature. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's earned. It's, it's certainly not given. Right. And, you know, you tell people that up front now, if
0: you're hungry enough. So like luckily for me, really luckily is that Lindsay and I, you know, my wife were in this business together from the and, and so we had no other out. Right. Like, so that you just, when you're, when your back's against the wall enough, you know, prospecting four to six hours or eight hours a day doesn't seem like a bad thing compared to not eating. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, maybe people are too comfortable or they have a way out or they have, even for their own cells, they're like, you know what, if I make X amount, that's fine. And so they, they have this, this exit you know they're just okay there's some there's this complacency and so you're right if you don't have like you said you've been working 70 80 hours a week for x amount of years if you don't have to do that or feel like you don't have to do that why would you
1: yeah or if you'd have if you don't have enough reasons so what people don't know who are listening to this is we're, we're shooting this on a saturday and both me and lee prior to doing this were on the phone uh, making phone calls right Uh, So, you know, interesting because people imagine they might see Lee and be like, oh, you know, like he's just, you know, he probably just chills like it all just comes to him. It's like, no, dude, this guy's putting in time and energy and effort. So I guess I'm wondering for you. Right. um, Because, again, I, I share with you, like I think about you in my head as like a workhorse and somebody who sticks like to the fundamentals. You really don't deviate that much. So for you in your mind, for those people that are listening, what would you propose are the fundamentals that they should be focused on um, and really master them, right? Instead of getting kind of distracted and getting into all these other things that they could be doing, what are the fundamentals? So I think the fundamentals are, I I would probably say two things. Number
0: one, the person, the realtor with the most strong relationships wins. And so, you know, the most, not just the strongest, right? So like you could have just this great group of friends and they're fantastic and they would use you in a second. But there's only like three of those people, and so great. That's fantastic. Those are great, strong relationships. But you're only going to do a few deals a year, even if they refer you. So how do you how do you get a thousand or two thousand or five thousand strong relationships? And so that's that. That's where you start talking about picking up the phone and communicating with people, and and really building those those relationships. And these are not you know relationships in terms of like being the professional, being the the. the being the, the source of information for them, for people. So that's what I would say. It's not just the warm fuzzy, but it's being that professional and that, that's the relationship. That's interesting. Number one.
1: So like number one, like obviously we need to have a channel to build those relationships. Me and you, we've chosen the channel of the phone, right? I'm aware that there's other yes. channels, but that's our main mechanism. I tell people regularly, I'm just a really, really well compensated telemarketer.
0: Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly right. And, you know, and that's where and slash account manager, you know, that like this is, um, you know, yes, let's talk about, you know, there's Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. And those are like just tools. Those are not how you're going to build relationships, you know, that we're talking about here on, on a big scale. Again, if your goals are a certain amount that you maybe you can do it that way because, you know, the goals are smaller.
1: Yeah. 100%. 100%. And, and yeah, they're tools, you know, um, like, you know, one channel might be getting on the phone, another channel might be sending something in the mail, another channel might be uh, leaving something at the door, knocking on the door, another channel might be Instagram, another channel might be Facebook, right? These are all channels mm-hmm. to get kind of connect with people. And then once yes. you kind of earn their business, you know, this idea of fostering meaningful relationships. So talk to me a little bit about that. Like, how do you go about fostering meaningful relationship with somebody. Because what I share with people regularly is as our game undergoes a change, which it's seismically changing, even prior to everything with the virus that was happening, you know, I really do believe that your relationships are like a moat around your castle. And it's a point out, uh, you know, because on planet earth, if you have a castle, somebody's going to want to invade it. It's just the way it is. So the yeah. deal is, is like the, that, those relationships are like a moat around your castle. So how do you go about intentionally, purposefully, consciously? Yeah,
0: well, I think the second part also plays into it then, which is the second tenant that I think about is trust. Trust, building, that you know, there's that book called The Speed of Trust, right? And it's like, you know, trust is the grease of, that, that, that moves things along. And so if you can be seen as the trusted resource in any neighborhood, environment, whatever it is, that, and you have relationships. And so that's the thing, like you might have a bunch of relationships, but you, you don't have that trust. And I mean, trust, like they know that you're going to get their home sold. They know that you're performing at a high level. They know, you know, that's the trust we're talking about. That's the type of trust you got to build. And so that's where really showing what you do for people and really showing You know, the results you're getting. That's that trust that we're talking about. So how do you build the strongest and most relationships and how do you build the most trust?
1: Yeah. And I I would add to that. I think you're absolutely right. And I would also add, because I know you do this for all of your clients is like being unattached to the outcome. And then also I'm aware that you're truthful. Like you tell people the truth, even if it's not in your personal best interest, right? Like, And they know, right. Yeah, sorry. Yes. And they know that when they reach out to Lee, like Lee's going to tell me what's true, even if it makes, even if he tells me, like he might tell me not to put on the market, but he's going to tell me what's true for me and what's in my best interest, regardless what those, you of what, know, what might affect him from a financial point.
0: Those are, what are, what, are the, what are Mike's laws that we always talk about, which is number one, show up. Number two, just, you know, tell the truth and don't be attached to the outcome. Show up, tell the truth. Don't be attached to the outcome, and that's you know that's the rules to live by.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, cool. So we got we got like kind of uh, fundamental <clears throat> of uh, being in the marketplace, right? Uh, yes. Kind of looking for people. Once I connect with those people, tell the truth, right? Be unattached to the outcomes. Come from a place of contribution and service, right? <laughs> and then, what else would you say is a fundamental? Well,
0: what you just mentioned about come from a place of contribution and service—that starts within. See if you. Coming from a place of lack, if you feel lacking, if you know, which is totally normal and natural. Like if you're just starting out in real estate, you're gonna come from a place of lack and 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 um, scarcity because you don't have the knowledge, right, and and the confidence. So you just have to build that, and that's where you do the inner work that I know you do so well, which is building your own confidence, and you know, you know that you can perform, you've done it before, and so. Building that, um, and then you come from and, and coming from a place of contribution, and so that's so much more powerful than the commission breath that so many people have, and you know, so so because you know, there's a difference between doing and being. Doing, a lot of people are doing. There's a lot of successful billionaires that are doing, but. Their being, how are they being? What are they feeling in that moment? Are they? Do they feel like they're contributing, or do they, you know, feel like feel like they're gonna lose it all in a moment, right? Like that 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 being and um, stepping out of the drama. Like once you realize that almost that every single problem you have just is in the mind, and you could just sidestep that by just dropping your problem. You can just put it down, yeah. and and you you know you're so much you can perform at such a higher level and you can contribute so much more when you step out of the drama. So that, that you mentioned the contribution coming from a place of contribution. So we have to touch on that because that is so important.
1: hundred percent. And then you mentioned something about confidence. Uh, it kind of is tied to that. And, you know, I, uh, I went and looked it up where the Latin derivative of the word confidence, right. It really means to trust. So what's really interesting about that. It's like, who am I trusting? And who you're trusting wow, yourself. Yeah. So I know that Lee trusts himself a thousand percent in all selling situations. There is never going to be a situation where he doesn't know what to say or how to say it. And now, because of that, you can be present, mm-hmm. right? You don't yes. have to be kind of overly concerned about what to say and how to say it. You can shine your kind of awareness onto the client, onto the individual, make it about them, find out what their goals are. Which, and the question is, do you think they feel that? Oh, a thousand percent. I know they do. Yeah. A million percent. So the question is, is how do you end up cultivating that level of trust? So for you, like in yourself, so for you, like what were the kind of strategies, approaches, or techniques that you use to cultivate that level of trust, whether it's role play, whether it's practice, whether it's reading books, like around the skill of knowing what to say and how to say it and how to communicate.
0: Excellent. So I'm sure there's a whole science behind it, but I've just felt like it's when you perform, you know, you, you, What's that sharpening the, uh, the ax from um, Stephen Covey? Yeah. Right? That it, And so you spend a lot more time practicing and preparing than you do performing. And I would say that would be the number, number one thing. Because I think I told you early on, like my first few weeks or months in real estate, I locked myself in a room and I was, I was kind of writing out the scripts and listening to the intonations of how people talked for eight hours a day. And I will tell you before that, my first role play that I ever did was atrocious, horrible. You know what I mean? Like basically I think my role play partner stopped me during the role play. That's how bad it was. <clears throat> and so that what's the difference between then, right? And now it's just practice, listening, preparation and all of that. And that's how you build the confidence. So, you know, we talk about previewing homes, right? Like, well, what's the, the quickest way it would be go see a thousand homes in a year. You probably learn a lot that way. You have a lot of confidence, right? So I would, I would put like talking to a major amount of people would be one, but also being in and previewing a ton of homes will give you all of that confidence too.
1: That's awesome, man. So I wrote down a few things. And as you were saying that I know from direct experience, that's true. Like success leaves clues. So one of the things that I tell people regularly is like, look, man, for like at the beginning, I roleplay play twice a day, six days a week. Yeah. There you go. Presentations and chanted scripts out loud by myself. You know, I would videotape myself presenting and like, audio record myself like. Uh, so what, what do you say to people that say like, but Aaron, I don't have time to do that. Yeah. It's interesting because um, what I would say to them is that like, that's your tool. So a physician has a stethoscope, a plumber yeah. has, uh, you know, like a wrench. Yeah. And what we have as salespeople is this and this. So, you know, what, the kind of story that I tell myself is, um, Like, I'm an artist at sales, and I use my thoughts, feelings, and emotions, right? And my words and tonality and kind of presence to influence the thoughts, feelings, and emotions of other humans. And that's that's really,
0: that's great. What's really beautiful about that is that carries on to your personal life too.
1: Oh, a million percent. Right. Because if I can learn how to communicate with, uh, you know, just strangers, yeah. I can definitely learn how to communicate with my wife. How much
0: how much better is your is your personal life because of how much better you've become in your business life <clears throat> because of the tools you have sharpened? Yeah. But, Aaron, you know, we, I, well, we got to show three buyers a home this weekend. And, and you know, I, I I don't have to I got to do, you know, all this admin work. How am I going to how am I going to do what you're telling me to do?
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. So when somebody says that to me, what comes up immediately is like you can't be world class at both you have to make a decision. And uh, I'm aware that that is a leap of faith because I know on the buy side, a lot of people are attached to that income because it's <laughs> faster. Yeah. But I, the way I see buyer side income, I see it like uh, working at a restaurant where uh, people who work at a restaurant who are bartenders or whatever, like they make good enough money, but it traps them to where they can never actually like go make more, right? Yeah. Do you know, you know how I got out of, um, of, onto the
0: listing side of things and away from the buyer side? Go ahead. Was, uh, I got sick one weekend and I couldn't take out the buyers.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Right. When you have to. And so I was like, "Uh Oh, I, like I, I, I have to take myself out of this equation because I can't, I can't, you know, I was really sick. And so what did I do? I got somebody else to go take out my clients. And what do you think happened? They wrote an offer without me with, with my partner who I put them in touch with It was perfect. Like, wow. So either I just need to be sick all the time with buyers. Like, that's great. And just so, so realizing that you can just hand that off and, and people are very, very willing to, to take that on and a very good skill set at that.
1: Yeah. And that like that recognition <clears throat> that you had that the highest um, and best use of time in this game is listing property in high volume. Right. It's the highest leverage it's a, activity. It, uh, and it's the
0: best thing for your clients.
1: And it's the best thing for your clients. Yeah.
0: 100%. best use of your time for your own clients is not being in a car for three hours showing other people homes.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm curious, man. So, he, so, so you get involved in real estate and you drill in on the fundamentals, right? You lock yourself in a room, you're role-playing, you're practicing and all that other stuff. Like what was your trajectory? Like, did you just come out of the gate doing like hundred deals or was it like a steady kind of 25%, 30% year over year growth? Or what did that look like for you?
0: Yeah, that you know it's it's so interesting because I would say 10 years ago, okay, well, you know, that's about when things really started to take off uh for me and that was my third year in the business or so and I you know was calling for sale by owner, for sale by owners, I was calling expires, was calling our past clients, was doing just listed calls, just sold calls. You know, I was I was making, I want to say 30 some 20 to 30 something contacts a day. And <clears throat> In the 10 years since then, I've 10X my income. So I've gone up 10 times since then, right? And so it's been, there was a couple, There was like a year or two where I was doing maybe 30 something deals. And then I went to like 50. And then the next year I went to 80, but my income doubled. So in one year I doubled my income because I started working a little higher end and just things took off. And then the next year it doubled again. So there was two years there where I went from like 50 deals to maybe 100 and almost 50 or 130 something.
1: Now I'm and curious because that's a that's explosive kind of growth. And my yeah. experience was similar to that, like 17, then 50, then like 80, right? It's just like, boom, boom, like these chunks. But I'm wondering because you doubled income twice. Yeah. What I'm aware of is, you know, for some people, they don't recognize that that can actually be like a little bit of a challenge, right? Uh, mentally, because you go from like doing this to like this and you're like, whoa, like, and perhaps maybe yes. there's like this self-image thing. It's like, whoa, is this like really me? Like, uh, right. Did you have any of that? Or were you just like, yeah, like this is cool? You know, really good question. I think I felt like the, the
0: work that I was putting in in the beginning, I was not getting paid as much as I should be for. And so no, once I started to really double, that's when I felt like I was starting to earn near what I, the, the effort that I was putting in. Before that, I felt like I was putting in more effort than than was coming back to me.
1: Yeah, so it's then when I don't. Yeah. What, what comes up for me is this quote like when a man puts more like uh, time in than what he's paid, then eventually he'll get paid more than what he puts time. That's in. it. So so if you can you know that if you can just put
0: a pin in that right, uh, that would be everything. So right the, there that that people should know that the light on at the end of the tunnel is that it gets easier because you get better. And the same thing with walking, right? Like everything was hard whenever you first started to do it, including walking. But eventually you learn, and how hard is it to do it now? It's just part of what you do, Yeah, walking, driving, whatever. And so you know, you know that quote from Zig Ziglar that says, if you will be hard on yourself, life will be easy on you. But if you insist on being easy on yourself, life is going to be very hard yeah. on you. And so the, the harder you on yourself, the easier life is.
1: Yeah, uh, that's very true. And it gets easier because you get better. So don't wish it was easier. Just wish you were better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and how do you get better? Yeah. Just putting in the time, putting in the reps, mm-hmm. right? Practicing all that. And, and by the way, it's great for mindset. That's the best
0: part is when you put in the mindset, how great do you feel when you practice, when you role play, when you um, really study before, like it helps your mindset. You feel better about everything because you're gaining the confidence and you're not, all those negative thoughts aren't there. Cause if you leave your mind to its own devices
1: and you're not, you know, what, what kind of garbage does it come up with? Yeah. hundred percent. Now what I'm aware of, because again, like, You know, there's a saying that says a fisherman can notice another fisherman from afar. And when me and you start to talk, bro, it's like, it just like syncs up because like, you know, very, very similar in that way. And I know that what we're describing, because we both experience it, we both walk that kind of path and that journey. I'm aware that it requires a certain level of obsession, really. Being like obsessed with this idea and this goal and objective of like mastering a particular skill set or accomplishing, you know, at first it might be like the accomplishment of a carrot that's out there, whether it be like a deal, like a number of deals or like income, but then it becomes about, at least that did for me anyway. And I imagine it did for you. It's just like mastery. It's like, how can I be world-class at this particular kind of uh, skill? And I know that that requires, I mean, obsession. I'm I'm aware that uh, Tom Brady said one time, he's like, you know, if you want to compete with me, you have to give up your life because that's what I do. So I guess I'm curious, like talk to people a little bit about like what's required. So what, yeah, great question.
0: So obviously with Grant Cardone's book, The 10X Rule, right? That like what's required is probably about 10 times more than you think it is. That means like what Tom Brady said, giving up your life. And and now that's not, again, but that you can still, have a life and you can still put things in there that you'd like to do, but you're so committed and obsessed that this becomes your life in a way, an obsession. And so, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel that, that it gets easier. And the reason that I really wanted to do a lot of business was because it was in the end going to be easier because you can hire staff, you can really deliver service. You could, you just keep level, you know, up leveling or leveling up what you're doing and you're service you deliver your skills it gets easier but you have to put in the work up front for it to get easier
1: yeah it's interesting i remember somebody told me one time they're like hey it's easier to do like 150 deals a year than it is to do 50 and i remember at the time i was like what are you saying like that doesn't make any sense to me but then you get there and you're like yeah that's true like is it so do you tell your clients that yeah 100 yeah it's and
0: it is it really is true. And so anyway, that's that's what I would, you know, for everybody, that, that would be something to keep in mind that like, no, this go through the pain now. So what does it take, right? What does it take? I mean, it takes like seven days a week. It takes putting in time for practice. It takes putting in time for role play. It takes connecting with top agents so that you can learn from what they do. It takes prospecting, you know, hours and hours a day. It takes, you know, listing appointments, right? It takes giving up a lot of things, but the reward is worth it.
1: Yes, it is. Because because
0: of who you become on the journey, correct?
1: Yeah, because I mean, like we talked about before, it's like uh, what I get ultimately, you know, because, you know, me and you both were very much so motivated by uh, the fruits of our labor, right? And, and I don't, that's not a bad thing. What I'm aware of is what those fruits provide is freedom, right? They provide freedom, yes. time, autonomy, like to be able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, how I want sort of thing. And who you become though, like what you get ultimately will never like really make it, who you become will either make you very happy, or very sad. So it's like, who am I in the process of becoming? Right, that type, can you become the type of person that can put in eight to 10 hours a day plus and enjoy it? That's right. And, and consistently, you know, I share with people like selling, you know, 150, 200, well, let's say 100 homes, selling 100 homes a year to me is like winning the Super Bowl. So it's like, okay, can you do that? Like people do that once, that's like, okay, he's a good football player. They do it twice, they're in the Hall of Fame. Right? If you could do it consistently, like year after year after year after exactly year. Exactly right. That is, is that's sustained excellence. So how important do you feel like it is
0: attaching a larger or a bigger meaning to what you do?
1: Oh, man. We, we were talking about this the other day, man. Like, I think it's uh, enormous. I, I find it very interesting that people ask me because they see like like, let's say, our work ethic. And they see me on a Saturday, even though taking, you know, whatever, three, four, five listings in a week and have 10 pendings in in the week. And we're making phone calls. They're like, I don't understand that. Like, where is that coming from? And, you know, having, I think people are super capable. They just don't have enough reasons or the reasons aren't strong enough. What it's, what it's become for me, I don't know if it's true for you is it's become like what me fulfilling my potential can do for other people. Yeah. So have you heard that quote? Who was it, Keith
0: Cunningham that says hell on earth is meeting the person you could have been?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's totally true, man. So, so then what it becomes, which is kind of fun is like, and this is cool. Cause it'll lead me to my last question is like, what am I actually capable of? Like it becomes a game like, Oh, this is interesting. Like what could I do? And I feel, I don't know about you, but I feel personally, it took me 14 years or whatever to get to a place where I'm like, I can actually do something now. I have been prepared to actually be able to do something like, you know, big, right? So I guess for you, like Lee, you know, you're, you're crushing it, right? Uh, one of the top, if not the top agents in your marketplace um, and selling, you know, hundreds of hundreds of homes on a regular basis, uh, respected in your, your game, right? It's one of the best to do this. So like, what is, what is it look like for you moving forward? Like,
0: like what is your, yeah. Plan? So the- the vision is continuing to be the meaning that we attach to it is continuing to get better. How could you, how good could you be right? That type of thing. But also like continuing to improve our processes to the point where we always are just providing the best possible service to everybody. You know what I mean? So, so improving our processes, improving our service, um, just continuing to get better and better at what you do and what we do and deliver would be, you know, and, and empowering others you know, empowering others to do more of what we do. Like, it's no fun if you don't take anybody along with you on the ride. And so now, you know, we have some really, really great agents that, on our team that we work with and really amazing assistants and, and um, admin and partners that are just, you know, the strongest we've ever had. And we're, we're providing this insane life for them because of what we're trying, you know, it, it, what we're trying to achieve for everybody. And so just helping people along the way, helping your clients, but helping people like agents and your staff.
1: Yeah, that's That's a bigger meaning. Can you see yourself at some point, like, like, you know, perhaps... Because I'm aware that there's this normal, natural trajectory. So you, know, you build something up, it becomes this huge monster machine, and it requires lots of time and energy and effort. And then at some point, you might say, well, mm, I don't know if I'm kind of interested in continuing to push that, you know, kind of the 70 to 80 hours a week. So, do you, Could you foresee kind of moving forward, perhaps like empowering or equipping you know, agents around you? To perhaps step in and then lead, you know maybe 100 percent, absolutely
0: and uh thankfully my wife lindsay is our our office you know she, she runs our our staff hr recruiting everything like that and so she is the, the engine behind how we're growing our culture and being able to empower other people to do what we do so yes i can see that as as the goal to continue to grow but not just by me putting in 90 hours a week
1: yeah. And that'll be awesome. So like, that'll be like this evolution and then it'll be on to the next adventure. And yeah. And, and, and we're there, you know, we're doing
0: a lot of that right now. Like it's, you know, I, I think I worked a re- very good week now as opposed to what I did, you know, in the beginning.
1: Yeah. That's awesome, man. Good for you, brother, for kind of reclaiming that time. So listen, man, I appreciate you so much. Uh, I know that people are going to get a tremendous amount of value, uh, by <laughs> listening to this. So if people want to find you, if they want to send you referral, like where, where can they find you?
0: leemarcus.com. Yeah, that's
1: I'm um, in Chicago. Google me and I uh, would love the opportunity to help anybody. Yeah, for sure. He's the man. You're definitely in great uh, hands with Lee. So I appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much. Thanks again, Aaron. Yep.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.